at your service. It's the Home Improvement Show, presented by Mosby Building Arts. To ask a question, call 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120. Now, the host of the Home Improvement Show, Rich Horris, on 97.1 FM Talk. All right, guys. Hey, happy Saturday afternoon, and boy, what a nice day it is. Welcome, welcome to the Home Improvement Show. I'm your host, Rich Orris, and like he said, you can reach me again at 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120, and I'm super excited today. You know, we're getting a bit of a late start and only on the 97.1 side, but again, one number to get in for all your questions today. And, you know, we can cover a lot today. I've, you know, I've got some stuff on tap. Uh, I, I was thinking about, you know, talking about installing a uh, golf simulator is a very interesting topic. Um, I, I got some stuff on the latest on a house that blew up in O'Fallon, Missouri about two years ago. Um, so where do you think that stands now or does it? That's going to be the question. So, um, But my main goal here today is to help you, the homeowner, the consumer, the do-it-yourselfer. Um, I'm here to talk about your home, our homes, everybody's homes, and anything that you're concerned with, uh, maintenance, building, remodeling, we can cover all your needs today. If you have any burning questions for me, jump in the conversation with us. We would absolutely love to hear from you. Don't hesitate because we only got one hour here. So again, 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120. I will be here for you. And, you know, so so starting out kind of, you know, thinking about this golf simulator because, uh, you know, I've built a few of these. And, you know, they're all, it, it is interesting and, and it does take, you know, some thought and, you know, they're all different. They're all different, you know, requirements for how they fit and, and all of that. Um, and even, you know, that you need a certain ceiling height, obviously, to, to swing a golf club. I've had a lot of people really, you know, try and do it in a, they want to do it in a little shorter space because of the conditions of their home. And, you know, there's, I've, I've seen some people looking at some videos out there on how you can kind of make it work with it, you know, not quite like a 10 foot ceiling, but maybe like nine and a half and all this. And so, but there's a lot that really goes into these. And when you think about, you know, the most place that these, that these are installed, we've really got two areas that we see them installed all the time. And of course, one is the basement because, you know, in your basement, you've got, you know, all your, your, your hangout basement stuff, the bar, the, the TV area, the movie area, you know, all that kind of gaming stuff goes down there. So it, it's great to, to get it and have it down there. But there's not a lot of basements that are going to have, you know, a 10 foot or more pour that are going to get you an area where you can really, you know, actually physically swing a golf club, you know, all the way. So we're always looking at, you know, an area to lower the floor in a basement and, you know, get enough height. Um, the last one I did, not only did we lower the floor, but we worked on an I-beam as well, you know, in an area that was kind of still there to, uh, you know, and kind of still in the way. So we kind of shrank up the I-beam and lowered the floor as much as we could. 
Um, and, 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 you know, strangely enough, when you think about how you lower, you know, a basement floor, there's, there's no good, easy, simple way to do this, right? You're, you're literally cutting and breaking and digging and you got to get lower. And a lot of times, you know, we end up with, um, if there's plumbing running through the area, you gotta, you gotta, you know, find out where all the plumbing underneath the basement floor is. Cause if you want a good floor to be on and you're going to lower that down, you got to dig out the, the concrete, the rock, the dirt again, and you got to go back again with, you know, four inches of rock, four inches of concrete. So you, you need eight inches plus what you're lowering. So most times if there's plumbing in that area, you got to figure out a way to either reroute it, different area to put the golf simulator, you know, a lot goes into the, the function form and design and figuring out, you know, where can it fit, where can it work? And the, the last one that I worked on, um, we actually didn't have to have an egress window in the room with the golf simulator, but we ended up installing one and cutting through the foundation and putting in an egress window where, you know, it is a good thing that now you could escape from there if you absolutely had to in the event of a fire or something. But the main, the main reason for it was they had other bedrooms down there and they had other means of egress out, you know, down in the basement. But for us, that literally costs less money to the client to cut out and install that outside to get us out because that's how we took out all the dirt, the rock, the concrete chunk. I mean, everything had to, you know, leave. So when you're going up through the main area of someone's house, you know, how are you doing that? You're, you know, you got to protect floors. You're walking with a couple buckets full. Let me tell you, two five-gallon buckets carrying out through the main portion of a house up basement stairs not a lot of concrete and rock fits in a five gallon bucket. And that's really the the easiest, you know, you can only get so much weight to literally be able to carry it. You got to protect walls, floors, dust protection, all this stuff in the time, you know, that it takes to do that um, was just so much labor, labor heavy. And with, you know, labor shortages and what we're paying for labor today you know, labor is the expensive part of, of what we're doing anymore. So being able to have a little less labor and putting in an egress window, surprisingly enough, you know, really, um, it, it, it was less. It was amazing, even to me. Um, but uh, once we had figured it out and went through it, that's where we were. But it's really cool. And I did, you know, I put a post on my, my social media um, this morning. So if you if you look me up, search me on Facebook, LinkedIn, whatever, just Rich Oris. You can put Mosby after it. You can see a couple photos of that golf area, or you can go to our Mosby website. You can find a lot of photos of those things and, and stuff on there, you know, with different projects like that. It's not the only one we've done, but we've got a lot of people. I think we're, we either just did one or we're getting ready to start one. Um, with one of the other consultants doing it. But um, so we do a lot of these different type of, you know, ingenuity kind of really cool spaces that aren't normal. They're not easy 
to design and you got to really have a, a good team on it that understands, you know, the construction and lowering the floor and getting stuff out and how do you handle that stuff, plus the design of making it fit, big enough area, how do you really get a good, you know, golfing, entertaining space. So a lot of fun working on projects, you know, like that. Absolutely. So, hey, I want to remind everybody, don't forget, if you have anything going on, we're going to get into our first break here. So, but don't hesitate to call, get in on the conversation. Any questions you have, 314-436-7900. I'll be here. We'll have three more segments and we'll be right back after this with more. All right, guys, we are back. Hey, second segment, we've got some time left for you. Rich Orris here, Home Improvement Show. Anything you've got going on around your house, feel free to give us a call, 314-436-7900. And, you know, we were just kind of talking through the break about the the Super Bowl, you know, and, and there's a lot with your house, you know, with the Super Bowl. Um, you know, so is your home ready for what you're going to be, you know, doing for the Super Bowl, for your Super Bowl party? And, you know, what I what I kind of tell people all the time, too, is if you're thinking about the future, if you're thinking about, you know, maybe a kitchen remodel down the road or, you know, um, any any kind of work around your house in any of these areas or like a basement, you know, changing around the basement or a basement remodel so you can have the Super Bowl there, kind of, you know, guide people to just think about, you know, as it's happening, take some notes, you know, just pay attention to like where people are, what, what are people doing, you know, how, how does it go? How's the flow, especially if you're looking at like a kitchen, you know, remodel and, you know, there, there's a lot going on in the kitchen, obviously, you know, for the Super Bowl, cause you're probably not making a dinner. You're probably like, like us, we're going to be making like 10 different things of chicken wings and, you know, different things in and out. So, you know, just take note, pay attention to the flow and where do people hang out and, and what are they doing and how are they reacting to people get into people's way, you know, trying to get around and things like that. So it's really, you know, it can help you and it can help the person trying to help you with your kitchen, you know, later on figure out, you know, how can you make it work and, you know, how can how can you make this space better? So, yeah, just just kind of think about what's happening. Take some mental notes about how everything goes down and how it works. And then maybe we can help you come up with some some great ways to improve that on your next home renovation, you know, making things better for you. So, hey, we've got uh, Chris on the line here, um, first caller in. So, hey, Chris, thanks for calling. What do you got going on? Hey there, how you doing today? Good, good. Good. Hey, so I've got a question. I'm looking at uh, doing a retaining wall in my backyard. It's a new build. Um, I'm only thinking, you know, it doesn't need to be anything major, but the drop-off is a uh, Pretty, uh, pretty steep, but I'm already noticing that uh, the erosion and the washout along the foundation. So, like you said earlier, the cost of labor right now is outrageous. And, uh, yes. I'm not afraid of you know, doing the, the work myself, but I know that uh, retaining walls can you can either uh, do it right or you can severely mess it up. But you know, just looking at doing something maybe 15 feet long from the house to hold the hillside. 
uh, give you any advice as far as you know, I've done research online, everything it says to make sure that your first base block is you know half the width of the block beneath the surface and have a four to six inch subsurface of gravel. Uh, any any uh, hints or tips on that? Um, yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, how? Let me ask you a question, Chris. How tall? Do you envision or think this wall is going to have to be in order to kind of flatten out that yard? I want to say, uh, you know, to flatten it out, it would probably need to be 10 to 12 feet high, but I'm looking just to essentially hold it and stop the erosion, but, you know, maybe five feet high just to to hold it steady. Okay, okay. So, yeah, so so the first thing that I would definitely recommend is, um, you know, kind of figuring out, and how tall this height has to be because over a certain height of a retaining wall, and it's not very tall, you know, it's basically taller than your typical, you know, landscaping three, four blocks. You know, when you get to like four feet high or higher, depending on the municipality, it will require permits in order to, you know, get this thing built. Even if you build it yourself, it will require permits. So the taller you get, the different that base needs to be and the different things you need to do as you build it. Because so once, you know, you get the right base underneath it and the correct base and you get the brick, you know, low enough to start and kind of support this as you're going up, when you get into these taller walls, there will be Layers will they'll advise you put in like a what we call a geo fencing that basically, you know, kind of like lays on top of the wall, connects to the wall, kind of in the middle of it, and it goes back into the yard, you know, four, five, six feet, to kind of help you know the weight of the yard help keep that wall and hold that wall sturdy. So there can be a lot different things you know, that needs to happen depending on how tall this wall ends up being. So what I would really recommend, and if you're, you know, considering doing the labor yourself is to hire an an engineer to basically, you know, do the drawings and figure out here's the wall, here's where it would go, here's how tall it needs to be to make this work, and then they can engineer you know, how big is that base? Because the taller it is, the bigger the rock base they'll want and the lower down, they might put a, a block or two under the ground. You might be digging down, you know, 24 inches, putting in about an eight inch, you know, compacted rock base and then putting, you know, a block and a half underground to hold what's above. And then they they may tell you what layer to put in the geofencing and all of that, and then you could take those drawings and pull the permits and get it inspected to make sure that you've built it up to, you know, code and the way the engineer says, and right enough to to work and last for you. Okay, and uh, I appreciate that. And what if, what if I just did a series of smaller walls, like the uh, three-foot walls, kind of like a terrace type of system? Would that, be, uh, would that require the same type of, uh, I guess, well, it's definitely contingent upon the municipality that you're in, but I would say, you know, in a lot of its interpretation of how, you know, the, the, the code is actually written, you know, if it says, well, any wall 
over four feet high, you know, requires a a permit and engineered drawings to make sure it's going to, you know, hold up and last. Well, three, three foot walls is not a wall over, you know, four foot high. So technically that is probably something in a lot of places that you wouldn't need a permit for maybe, but there is a lot of thought put into, you know, you don't want to put those walls too close together. There's going to be, you know, kind of ways that even if you step it like that, you want to make sure you've got enough distance, you know, from the first wall to the second wall to the third wall, you want, you know, five, six feet of ground there before the next wall starts. And and then the, the, the base you were talking about, you know, like a good rock base tamped really well, and, and at least a half a block underground on top of that rock base is what is going to work for your typical like landscape wall, you know, 18 inches, two foot high, that sort of thing. Okay. Okay. Well, I appreciate the, uh, the advice. Yeah, yeah, no problem. And I would definitely say it wouldn't hurt and it might not cost too much. Even if you decided to do like a three foot kind of different stair stepping is to go ahead, you know, and, instead of spend a lot of money on labor for someone to build all this for you if you're if you're good and you're capable and you want to do it yourself spend a little bit of money on that engineer even if he says yeah you won't need permits or nothing but build it like this put the space you know from each wall between it at least this distance and all of that and get you know enough information from him so that you know you're putting it together in a way that's going to really hold for you Appreciate it. Sounds good. Thank you. Yep. No problem. You're welcome. Great, great question there, Chris. And it can definitely, you know, when you think about it, you can spend thousands in labor building, you know, walls and, and things, you know, like this. But you could also, if you do have that wherewithal to get through it, maybe only spend hundreds to get the right answer prior to doing it yourself just to to reassure that uh you know you're 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 doing things you know correctly because you don't definitely don't want to you know i was just i I just got through a uh a a series of of a show on netflix called beef and uh the the guy and the main character in the show is is kind of handyman contractor doing a lot of work and stuff and if you haven't seen it yet, I'm probably about to ruin it for you, but he, he wires a house himself and it burns down and they figure out it didn't have the right size electrical wire. So, you know, there's some forethought in like if you do your homework up front and get enough information from the from the right pros and everything, then you probably can step into that role and do the work, but you really got to you know, question and make sure and all of that is just very, very important. But hey, I say uh, appreciate the call. Great question for everybody. Let's let's get some more in if we can. 314-436-7900. We're going to take our uh, middle hour here break and we will have more to come after this. All right, guys, we're back. Rich Orris here live with you today, the Home Improvement Show. 
Hey, uh, great question just came in. Uh, if you have anything for me, feel free. Phone lines are wide open. 314-436-7900. Let's just hear who everyone thinks is going to win the Super Bowl. Hopefully we have a bunch of Chiefs fans. Let's uh, let's get it going for the Chiefs. Um, I'm, I'm going to be kind of one-sided here a little bit, but, uh, yeah, let's go Chiefs. Uh, but, yeah, anybody, 800-925-1120. We had a great great question from Chris. We had we had somebody call in that wanted to kind of, you know, talk about that that engineering, you know, firm thing kind of because, you know, and and like I was talking about, you know, finding out those those answers, you know, prior I mean, it's a it's a model of our entire business is like how do we get enough answers up front to to set clear expectations and understandings for the client for the field guys, for everybody out there and, and how they know what's happening how they know what to get. <clears throat> and I know it, you know, there, there is an exact answer for the base of a retaining wall. But like I said, it's all based on, you know, how tall, how big, all these. So they're all going to be different. So even when we do like, you know, foundations for a home, a typical you know, foundation for a home, you're going to have, you know, a footing. It's going to be two foot wide. It's going to be, you know, eight to 12 inches thick. And depending on the, the size of the home, it depends on how how tall the foundation wall itself is. It depends on if, you know, the landscape around, like if you have a, a, a foundation wall and you've got a lot of pressure, you've got, you know, coming downhill, you got a lot of pressure on that wall, that wall and that footing is going to be much, much different than just a typical flat land, you know, built in, you know, foundation with a footing. So, you know, if if you get the question like, well, how big should my footing be? Well, there's, there's so many, you know, stipulations to that. So you have a lot of wall pressure against, uh, uh, you know, weight and pressure against a foundation wall, you know, I, I've I've had walls that are retaining ground that are that are concrete foundation walls that literally had like a four foot or five foot footing, and most of that footing is on one side of the wall, and there's rebar that goes from that footing, bends up and inside the wall all the way up towards the top, that's helping keeping that wall from wanting to tip. So that is a much, much different answer than, you know, a typical, I'm going to build a house and, and yep, I'm going to have a footing. It's going to be, you know, this thick and this wide. And that's why we, you know, have all this research and we have these, you know, smart professionals that kind of go, yeah, okay, well, here's what we're up against. Here's how we, we figure it, calculate it, you know, and, and draw this. And then we're going, okay, now we you know, build to this. So when I am am talking to people all the time, you know, I kind of explain to them a lot of times, I'm like, we can get through designing and figuring out, you know, how to remove a load bearing wall per se and, and, and what it takes to hold it up and all of this. And, and really in the first parts of the design and the first passings, we have enough construction knowledge to understand, you know, with a deep team, deep bench, all these people, how this should be done. We just may not know exactly precisely 
well, the beam we're going to put in is going to be exactly this size because we can figure out how to do it and approximately how big this this has got to be and what it could possibly be. But then once you're there and you have a good enough price range of saying, yep, you're going to you're going to be right into here. When I go get the engineering and I get that professional to actually calculate it, you know, he's basically saying, yep, here's the size of your beam. It's going to be wood. It's going to be steel. It's going to be this tall. It's going to be this. So, so the, you know, the, what it takes in the investment and everything and how to do that. The only thing that really changes is, you know, maybe just a little bit on what that material costs. Cause yep. Oh, wow. That, that I beams two inches taller than I thought, you know, it might be. So it's, you know, $400 more than the one we were, you know, judging on, but we can get to a, a certain point with a really well understanding, but we always get to that main answer and we always understand it. So when you think about the benefits, you know, when you're, when you're looking for a company or someone to figure something like that out for you, you know, the, the benefits of a team, of somebody that's, you know, can think through and really understand, you know, what's going on and have more than just one thought, you know, on how to do it, how to proceed and how to get through something. I mean, if you think about it, have you ever heard of a construction flaw? Like something went wrong while constructing, somebody didn't know the best way to put something together. So it's called a construction flaw. Maybe they didn't flash something properly and it leaks. Or maybe they didn't, you know, they, they, they put a nail through a pipe. Or maybe, you know, all these different things that can happen while construction. Well, there's also something called a design flaw. I've, I've lived through these. I've fixed them. I've seen them where, you know, you have an absolute, you know, really stunning house on how it looks and how it's shaped and the roof pitches and the different things. And, but, you know, um, maybe they put a roof that ends with, with a fascia board and a gutter and soffit and all this stuff too close to another steep roof. And so you, you design this in a way to make water run off, but what they didn't think about, and here's where like that kind of design flaw comes in what if you get snow? So we get six inches of snow. Well, in this area, everything blows in there. Everything, you know, collects. So six inches of snow on the ground puts about three feet of snow in this area of this roof. So then what happens is they get ice damming. So they're trying to fight this leak and, and everybody's coming in and they're trying to put in flashing and they're trying to divert water and, and, you know, I was the only one that came out later and they said, we've had this thing fixed like three times and every time it happens again and we can't figure out. And, and, and I'm looking at it going, well, it's, it's, it's not the siding and the wall and the flashing, it's the roof. It's the ice and water shield not going up enough because they put ice and water shield goes up three feet. Well, when you've got these steep roofs and they all collect in one spot, and you essentially get four foot of snow in this area, you're beyond that ice and water shield. They've got ice growing underneath the shingles coming in. Once everything melts, they were literally getting water all the way down to their basement, two stories. 
into the basement from snow freezing, refreezing, thawing, melting, and refreezing, and and just leaking in, you know, all the way down, following the pipes and the stuff all the way down to the basement, just destroying everything. So it's a pretty crazy thing that can happen. So, you know, think about that team that could think about all of those different scenarios as they're designing. So, you know, we might look at a design, I might look at it and go, are the gutters going to handle this? You know, we've got all this. And if you're dealing with one person, a lot of times they're like, nope, gutter guys will figure that out. This, this house looks really, really awesome. Let's build this. Let's go with that, you know? So, um, but Hey, having a great time. Hopefully there's some great information for you. I do want to remind everybody phone lines are wide open. We're live here for you today. 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120. We've got plenty going on. We've got a lot of good stuff. Can't wait for tomorrow. Hopefully Billikens are doing good too right now, but Hey, we're going to get our last break. We'll be right back after these messages. All right, guys, we are back. Rich Orris here, Home Improvement Show. Last segment, if you got something, get in right away. 314-436-7900. Love to hear from you. But, you know, I want to talk about... um, You know, we've been talking a lot about how to build things properly. We've been talking a lot about, you know, how to design and using a team and understanding, you know, how to put things together well and and, and all of that. And, you know, another part of, you know, performing all of this kind of any kind of work out there is, you know, who's really doing the work. Another thing I talk about all the time where, You know, it's like most companies, even if they do designing, most companies out there, literally, they're pretty much a general contractor once it comes to actually building a a project. And, you know, when you do that and everyone's a different company and everyone's, you know, an outside source, you know, we, we, we hear all the time about, you know, the the later finger pointing, like something goes wrong something's not right and you've got the you know this person pointing a finger towards that person and I think the cider and I think the window installer and I think the roofing guy and you know and and it's hard to have a great warranty it's hard to get great service after the fact when you've got you know 15 different companies that that literally worked on your house and and not really one umbrella that kind of you know takes takes charge, you know, takes the responsibility and the reliability, you know, of that entire project. And so a story out there that really comes to, you know, a a big claim, you know, towards this very unfortunately, but, you know, is this, this home explosion that, you know, happened after a contractor hit a natural gas line out in O'Fallon, Missouri. And this was, this was on March 1st, 2022. And, and so basically, you know, what the big thing that happened through all that was it, it, there was a company that was having fiber optic lines installed for new internet and all that sort of stuff. So 
So the company doing that hired a contractor to put these lines in, and that contractor hired another contractor to put these lines in. So now you're, you know, you've got three people that you're dealing with if something's not right here. And so basically, um, you know, they looked at, uh, you know, they've done a lot of investigation, obviously, over the past almost two years. They basically said that everything was marked properly. Um, At one point in this story, they kind of say that, you know, they were warned that they would probably hit a gas line and, and basically, you know, didn't didn't do anything about it. Like homeowners, people out there said there's stuff there. You're probably going to hit something. And, you know, they went ahead and the gas company, you know, basically said everything was, you know, marked correctly. They had all the information that they needed. Um, so. Now imagine this, you know, well, the good thing is, first of all, there there were no major in injuries. They did get, you know, everyone evacuated in time. When this house exploded, it actually damaged 40 homes. So it's not just like the ones gone, but it, there's homes around this home that have literally, you can't, you know, they can't even live in them. They're, they've just can't do anything. So <clears throat> they're basically looking at, you know, $400,000 in repairs for a lot of these homes in order to get this done. So right now, nothing has happened with that home that has exploded. It is not rebuilt. Nothing's gone down. You've got insurance companies fighting and lawyers and all this stuff going on. And, and it's so unfortunate because, I mean, think if that's your home. Think if you're that family. You know, like you, you should have a home. That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in all of my life that in two years, this can't be settled and there's not another home standing up there. You know, it will literally be two years in less than four weeks and, and they don't have a home. So one, they said one couple actually just sold the lot and just walked away. And when they're like done, they're, they're out, they're, they're doing nothing with it. So talk about a completely devastating loss. And now they're fighting with insurance companies and lawyers to like get the actual money back, you know, um, and the, the company, um, like most, and I don't know that I'm not a big insurance person here, but they had a million dollars in, in insurance coverage. Um, the company doing the work. So 40 homes <laughs> damaged, you know, multiple homes completely destroyed and either, you know, need to be torn down and completely rebuilt. Foundations no good anymore after the, you know, the ground cracked them up and moved like that. So, yeah, it's just a crazy thing. So when you think about it and you're looking at you know, something on a smaller scale, a kitchen remodel, a bathroom remodel, who does that work? You know, do you have a different, you know, are, are they bringing in an electrical company and, and, and a plumbing company and a subcontractor for the carpentry and, you know, a flooring guy and a painter and all these different companies that, you know, maybe delay the process, maybe, you know, and maybe some of them don't have the proper insurance, you know, let's hope nothing goes wrong, 
you know, while that's happening? Or do you have a company that has their own, their own people that's doing their own work so that, you know, instead of having, you know, a dozen different companies and subcontractors, you only have two or three and you've got a company with a bunch of its own employees doing like 80% of the work on the home, you know, themselves and, and then, you know, looking at it. So if you have a five-year or a, you know, 10-year workmanship warranty, you know, on a project like that, well, well, who really covers that if it's all these different people? And is it really covered? Does it really end up being covered? Or do you have, you know, the one major company just basically going, yeah, no, we agree with you. It needs to be fixed. We're pointing at the drywallers and the drywallers are saying that the carpenters did something to it. And the painters saying, you know, they didn't use the right joint compound. And the, the, and, and, and so who's actually taking responsibility for the actions that happen, you know, at your home, this is, this is a big thing to think about. It's it's not like everybody runs into this, but when you do, you don't want to be that person. You definitely, you know, I feel so, so bad for that, that family, all the families in O'Fallon that had this happen to their houses and literally have no recourse, you know, almost two years later. I, I also talked to people where they've been trying to design something for a year and a half and they've worked with someone for selections and stuff and architects and they've, it's not responsive. I talk to people where they're like, I just want to see what it would take to, to make my bathroom different, maybe build out and get another shower and, and make my home livable. And I've, you know, people aren't responding. People aren't showing up. They'll say they get back to me and then they don't. And then they, do, and it's just, you know, such a, a crazy you know, frustrating thing for a client trying to get through, you know, all of that mess, you know. So think about if you could have one person that can take care of all that and does everything and there's a team of people that helps you out and they have processes that they go through, you know, these are the kind of questions I would advise everybody talks about, ask about, you know, what's your process? What a great question to, to ask somebody, you know, and when they're about to do something, because most people don't have a process. They're like, well, we figure it out and then we get a bunch of companies in here and we get it built for you. Well, there's not many steps in that process. So how do you know you're getting it right? You know, all of the time, every time, you know, that sort of thing. So, hey, I had a great time. We're running out right now, but can't wait to get back with everybody next week. So we're gonna we're gonna take this one out and I will talk to everybody next week. Go Chiefs. Mm-hmm.